0: Hi everyone and welcome to another episode of the Endless Celts podcast. Uh, I'm Ross and I'm going to be taking the reins tonight. Um, So tonight we're going to be delving into seasons past uh, and one of our spin off shows the Celtic Rewind. So as a wise man, the Chief once said, uh, don't look back in anger and we certainly won't tonight as we cover our famous centenary 87-88 double winning season. so I've enlisted uh, the services uh, uh, Mr. David Goldie tonight. He's not a regular on the podcast, evidently, uh, and he'll be navigating us through this. As although I'm a little bolder, he's a little older. So uh, how are you getting on, David?
1: I'm well, Ross. Me, I'm well, really well. Thanks very much. And and obviously slightly less follicle challenged than yourself, but that's not end uh, be sniffed up. But yeah, thanks for inviting me on. I'm, I'm not a, a contributor, but certainly been a listener, been enjoying the show. It's been great
0: listening to the show as it progressed over the last few months. It's really picking up and doing a great job. So, appreciate the the invite on. Aye, no, uh, thanks for the support on that as well, Dave. And uh, I, I couldn't have thought of uh, many better guys to sort of navigate us through this one. Uh, I've heard you talking about this, well, mentioning this uh, season is one of your favourites in the past. So, um, I mean, we'll just get right into it. So, I mean, first of all, to kick us off, a uh, just sort of let us let us know uh, how how your relationship your sort of love affair started with the great club that is Celtic. Well,
1: I, I suppose my uh, born on the earth, I, I put you would all call a Celtic supporting family both sides. Uh, but i um, I had I, I, I suppose the, the the intro to Celtic for me wasn't actually my dad. In most cases, it's your dad that takes you. But um, in my case, it was my uncle Joe. whom uncle Joe was my mum's big brother, uh, and he was. You a Celtic daft, an utter lunatic for Celtic um, and he had a lot of health challenges in his time but he used to go uh, home and away for years and years and I used to remember him when I was a young kid coming back was, with a few sherbets in him after the football on a Saturday and uh, hearing all about Celtic on the Saturday night when he's had a few beers uh, and actually, for enough I see my dad my first venture to football I think I went with my mum my dad and my mum to a friendly uh, and then we went to um, a couple of games in the 86, 87 season. My dad and I both Celtic-Hibs. And my dad had this pretense at the time that it didn't, he really hated all the bigotry associated with the, the whole, whole firm thing at the time. And he used to almost kid on. He was a Hibs fan. And he, would, he took us to yeah. the East the Road a number of times, actually. And sat in the, and, and the Celtic and East the Road uh, for Celtic-Hibs and and vice versa back at Celtic Park. So my first games at Celtic Park were with my dad to go and see us play Hibs. Um, and that would be probably 86-87 season, and then again the next season we lost it. they lost the league to, um, to Rangers the year after, And as soon as that mm-hmm. came in. So that's like my first like real uh, intro to Celtic. Obviously over the years, watching, listening, and growing up in Celtic, but um, by that time, you're, you know, you're getting to primary five and six, you're playing football every day. Mm-hmm. All, you, all you did at the time, there was nothing else to do but football was there, so it was a, mm-hmm. a constant... Um, a constant Celtic in the background and um so that that's where it kinda of kicked off from. Um and I suppose the the first real season I can remember in earnest really was the was the year we, we nicked it off hearts in eighty six. Um yeah. and that that year was probably when I when I, I suppose started falling in love with football in a way. You know, it's that what it became something you you did every day and you're you avidly listening and watching and try to understand what was happening so that's where we kind of kicked off and i been maybe primary five i think at the time um, and by the time we got to the year we we're going to discuss you know i was uh almost heading off to the, the big schools they call it the st kent's but uh, we were primary seven and uh it was a it was a, a massive year for us in terms of the, the centenary and um the year before obviously they'd thrown everything at it with the as soon as coming in and starting to spend money no, like they have over the last 20 years, spend money they didn't have to, to bring players in um, to kind of outdo us. So, yeah, that's where it all kicked off from. Uncle Joe, definitely God rest his soul. He passed away right back in 96. He was down for the, the Scotland-England game in uh, 96, and he never made it back. So, uh, oh. I so he was my, my, my earliest memories of Celtic. And you mentioned... You know, there's no many better people to speak to, but this year I I can think a good few, but maybe not. they talk as much rubbish as me, but um, <laughs> like, they, like big Andy Greenhorn or wee Bobby Lear that they'd, come, they'd remember every pass, every tackle of the whole season. They, they were every game home
0: and away. <laughs> aye, aye, I don't I don't think we'll need to worry about awkward silences with yourself, Dave. That's the main thing.
1: That's <laughs> never one for that, mate. Never
0: one for that. No, no, absolutely no. Um, but I mean, I So just going into the season. Uh, just to get started uh, sort of the, the, the summer beforehand I mean I, I was probably what age would I have been about when this, I'd been about five or six Um, mm-hmm. so my memories are basically with this season so I've had to do a bit of research to sort of help with the line of questioning and let you navigate us through but I mean to, to start off the summer beforehand we were we were losing a lot of big name players. Uh, by all accounts, Al Mack and Ali and Brian McClare uh, had went down south. Mo Johnston, <laughs> uh, and <laughs> Murdoch McLeod, they they'd went to the continent. Whilst uh, McGrane, Latchford, and Proven also left for various reasons. But I mean, just sort of with that with that summer uh, leading up to that, uh, do you have much memories of, of those guys leaving? And would you say that that summer uh, sort of has some parallels with the summer we've sort of just experienced uh, uh, just there the now?
1: Uh, Absolutely. You took the words out of my mouth. I was just going to say it was almost a bit like the last, a bit like two seasons that reminded me was this, the season we're coming into and the annual season in terms of 2001. Because we we had had you're not talking just about a few players going. And back then, you're talking about losing pretty much the spine a team there. You know we, we lost. I think we lost, as you mentioned, a few of them, right? So we've lost. Obviously, Mojo had went, and um, McLeod had went, and even like said, Big Rambo and and, and Brian McLeary. I mean, the whole Brian McLeary thing. That was that for me. It gets vastly underrated. But Chalky McLeary was an absolutely fantastic football player. And actually, if you if you look at how well he done United. It kind of skated on the radar a bit, but they robbed us for him at that tribunal. It, 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 took, it was hundreds of thousands of pounds, well below the, can he, what would it have cost if it went in the market as, as it should off. But we lost, as you say, seven or eight first-teamers. You know, it was like a, a proper clear-out. And again, it reminds me, like I said, the new season, and almost like the season we've just had, where you're losing you know, almost a dozen players in some cases. And actually, the reality is the ones that went, it wasn't Deadwood you were shipping out it was guys who were contributing every week the year before and even the season before that when we won it at, <coughs> at Love Street these guys were all you know playing every game so and like obviously like, being said to Mella you're losing likes to Danny and Danny was going to end his career but you know Danny was still as fit as a fiddle then you know he still was You know, I mean he looked fit at 60 he was still playing the five-a-side tank with Celtic training and he was about 60 so he was still he probably still be the best right-back in Scotland now to be fair um, no, but he
0: was, he, he was he, top class wasn't
1: he? Uh, different gravy, and again lucky enough to have seen him in the flesh a few times but at the end of his career but I'd love to see him in his primary and the money guys he just w- was dynamite uh, but uh, huge huge clear out and uh, and in all of cases didn't generate the kind of funds it would have done in today's market you know it's a bit like when Edouard was getting talked about 2-3 years ago 35 million 40 million you know actually we've done really well to get the money we did for him this year with the, uh, with the year left in his contract so it kind of put us in a better position because at the same time as you're losing all these players uh, across the city they've got an open cheque book of somebody else's money and they're just, they're just going for it just spending cash mm-hmm. everywhere and bringing and it in because of the whole high school thing they were, they were blessed enough to be able to have, have the wages available and also the opportunity potentially having European football for some of these guys that probably never came up to Scotland you know like they had England captain they had England goalkeeper and multiple players coming from the England team who would never have looked at Celtic or Rangers at that time, you know, but the fact is that mm-hmm. because the way the English game was banned out of Europe for a number of years, that that opened the door for them. So, I it wasn't a, it was a poor summer and actually coming into a, a huge year for Celtic in 88, in the centenary, you know, really, you know, I, I, I think a lot of fans were a bit worried about what was going to happen.
0: Mm-hmm. Aye, yeah, well, I mean, especially when you say the amount of players we lost and aye, I was going to actually ask that, that that ban coincided with all the players coming to Rangers, or the English guys, eh?
1: Exactly, that's it, and uh-huh. it just, it, it, just it, made, it gave them a wee. I mean, the year before, actually, when they won it, I think I think a lot of fans. In fact, I know I'll probably come back to it. A lot of fans would have thought they're they're in for a you no know, a number of titles in a row there, and actually they went on to do that, obviously. But uh, I think there was. I don't think there's a great deal of hope getting into that eighty-seven eighty season at Celtic could go and win the league. I think a lot of fans were looking at the players
0: they lost and the players they were bringing in were a wee bit worried, to say the least, I think. Aye, aye. Uh, and then, I mean, obviously, of course, you, you have to touch on that they, they, they got Billy McNeil back in just aye. in that summer as well uh, for a setting spell as manager. Uh, I mean, for memory, would you say that that reappointment had a big burn and what lay ahead for us that season?
1: Huge, absolutely huge, because they if you think you cash your mind back to you know when, when Billy came in it's actually he'd been away and came back already to Celtic and it's one of those things a lot of times you think about a coach or a manager coming back to the club again and it's happened with like San Marino going back to Chelsea and things like that it, just, it doesn't often work out but mm-hmm. with Big Billy just because he was steeped in Celtic he was Mr Celtic wasn't he Like, you, you, you kind of felt when he came in he would it was regalvanised the players that were there and as long as he had the ability to bring a few in and he did that, he's actually lucky he not lucky. He, he he made some really shrewd buys at the start of that season. Um mm-hmm. that made a massive difference. But also just being the character he was and being you know, as I say Mr Celtic McNeil come. But I, I don't think for a minute if we Celtic went out to the market and bring in a A another coach for that season. That um with the It was a special year because of the year and what it meant to everybody at Celtic and McNeil knew, knew that better than anybody.
0: Aye, it was just kind of a. It, it was written in the stars, eh? Stars, uh, but it's spot on, exactly that.
1: It's just aye. those things that, if you'd bring somebody else in who didn't know what it was about to, to try and do it in that season, I don't think that would have happened.
0: Aye, just aye. I, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm not talking for experience, but what I've read up on, I would tend to. Sort of agree with that, but um, you touched on uh, how he, he bought about um some shrewd buys uh, when he came in. Uh, I mean, he, by all accounts, he didn't have a massive transfer budget. Certainly, no the the budget that maybe some Celtic managers are managers are uh, allowed now. Um, but uh, he's, when you when you compare it to Sunnis as well and what they were spending, as you touched on, uh, you, you would have to say he, he probably used it well, bringing in guys like uh, Andy Walker and Billy Stark, uh, who else? Chris Morris, I think he, mm-hmm. he had to that uh, and I think Mick McCarthy had been signed by David Hay before I McNeil's before, arrival.
1: He came in just before that McNeil came back, but the spot on I, I, I think it's one of these I think I don't think much Andy Walker now at all. He's oh, God last no. <laughs> take up, but he's uh at the time, you know, he, he he scored plenty of goals, and he, he actually, you know, he, he got off to a great start at Celtic, and he had a, he had a really good year that year in particular. But for me, the picking a bunch of the guys, and it, it's it's fly under the radar now in terms of how people look back at it and probably think about how good a player he actually was. And it was later in his career, but Billy Stark was a huge sign for Celtic at the time. Um, he he was already a battle-hardened quality player, and had been in a right good team, and so he knew what it was about. And actually start coming in was a it, it probably wasn't one of the signings that was like like he, he wouldn't be getting paraded now in the middle of the centre circle where with with of fans are about him, but it made a big difference to that side. And even and actually Chris Morris, um, he he a far... he had the season of life in a, in the entire year. But he was he was actually an underrated player, Chris Morris. He was a decent right back to Ethereum.
0: Yeah. I I mean I've only got like vague memories of him, when he was still playing at Celtic when my uncle Gary started taking me to the football, taking me to the games and putting me in the, the old jungle and that, but uh, aye, I, I've no loads of memories of him, but uh, aye, I, I mean, so, so going into the opener uh, against Morton, uh, it was the feeling there that this team, well, I mean, you've sort of touched on it anyway, that it maybe beforehand, you maybe weren't really feeling that they could challenge Rangers, but uh, it was was it sort of ramped up that he was more positive after the opening result against Morton?
1: I think that's one of the classic things. If you look at this season, right, we, we lost we lost Oatman a game at Tynecastle, but mm-hmm. but everybody came out of that game actually felt a lot more positive than they had felt two or three weeks before, right? Because you could see there was there was some form of semblance of a style of play and actually, you know, bossed the entire game and lost a half goal against us, right? But that season... The opposite happened. We got off to a flyer. I think mean, we won four or five nil in the first game. Four four nil, I've got. Uh, yeah, that. We, we, we hammered more in the first game. Um, and actually, if I, I'm trying to remember back today, but We, we Walker got a brace, I think. He got one or two anyway. Um, mm-hmm. And that got hammered. If any, if any, you know, it's like any striker goes to a new club, and particularly if they go to a team like Celtic, clear, you, you need to be scoring 25-30 goals a year if you're a Celtic main, one of the main strikers of Celtic. And at that time, obviously, you're playing two up front, so, you know, it's not a only lonely forward. He uh, he got off to a flyer, and he scored a good few goals early in the season. So that, uh, that, that probably made for the move. It was Monoval game came for, I think. So but coming from Monoval to Celtic, to hit the ground running like that probably made a big difference to him, and therefore the, actual, the, the team for, for getting off to a decent start. But certainly after the opening game, and especially because Rangers had a bit of a shaky start that year, they... They didn't start particularly well um and embedded in very well and it looked you know if you looked at the first half dozen games, you know, or even the first four or five games probably Celtic were, you know, out in front by a good bit against them. Um but yeah, it definitely it was one of the ones where you're you're thinking, Maybe, you know, in the Neil fact you got the Neil factor, he's in. they not had a great start, and you start to obviously you know it's like you you win one game for not oh, and everybody goes away believing that they're gonna win the league. You know what I mean? So I was uh, definitely it, 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 it just changed overnight, you're like this is going to be a shaky season and then you go off and you win 4-0 and it's like everybody comes out of the game thinking, right we're going to do this this year, after one game that's just typical Celtic fans
0: It's, a, it's a bit like the, the, the Dundee game there uh, you come off the back of the defeated Tynecastle and then you go and beat Dundee 6-0 and everybody ah. thinks that's the, the league's going to be wrapped up eh?
1: Ah, you've got total to football after that and, and, and ball and it's yeah, uh, if you, you feel that game, it was six going on twelve or fourteen. It could have been any score that day, but it, <laughs> I, it, it's like yeah, anything else. You have got to temper that enthusiasm and and hope for a wee bit. by it. I think certainly after the opening game, people were a wee bit, a wee bit more confident about how we could do that
0: year. Mhm. And I, I think Andy Walker actually, well, according to my notes and what I've read up on, again I touch John that I have no memory of that season really. Um, but I think he got off to two two doubles in the first two games. Uh I mean that's what you want for your striker, like you say. You right. want you want it's like Kyogo, know what I mean? Again, it's parallels with this season. So right. I, uh, to an extent, you got off to a flyer in your first couple of games. It's what you want as a striker. That that's it. And you look
1: at this season and the you know the. You're buying a wee guy who's weighs five stain for Japan and all this rubbish folk are talking about, you know, who know nothing about Japanese football and how good the lad he is. And he comes in and his movements like frightly. It's frightening to be honest with you. How good is. I actually can't kind of wait to get back to the game and see him in the flesh because Anki's movement just looks incredible. Um mm-hmm. and the difference he makes when he plays through the middle is just night and day. Uh, Andy Walker wasn't that kind of runner, but mm-hmm. certainly certainly Getting somebody who can get off to a decent start. And I think the has got, was that, six he's got now or something already. So, you know, you, you look at that and it seems it was definitely those with this season. You go, it, he's got off to a decent start. You know, I remember Big Harson came up and I think he went on stupid like 12 games or so, 13 games without score. Right. And that's a guy who's came up for six million for the Premier League and has banged in 100 goals down there. And you, you, you thought he's guaranteed goals and it still got to him. You know, it took him a, a dozen games or so to get off the mark. So, for Walker, again, mm-hmm. I think, think Paul was falling. He scored a good few early on, so that that made a big difference to to how um, how he would perceive, I suppose how he'd be perceived because it's a big move for any anyway, can provincial clubs up to Celtic, and you've got to hit the ground running. So, on. I that definitely helped, and I think with him not having a great start as well, it probably settled us down a wee bit, you know, and let us get mm-hmm. kind of, let us find a way of playing and and let me. I suppose let big boys kind of his approach bed in with some of the new players they brought in as well because, as you say, we did a clear out. It wasn't it wasn't a current new idea, It was a lot of new players coming in and a lot of guys getting promoted and stuff as well.
0: Mhm. Um, yeah. Aye, and you've just touched on how they they had a poor start. Uh, I I think according to my notes, uh, they they failed to win any of their first three games. Mhm. Uh, so uh, that going into game five, uh, against them for us, uh it was the an old firm eh, at Parkhead eh, yep. just sort of talk us through some of that game if you if you have much memory it
1: well it's funny because I, I mentioned that in terms of the, the games against Abdul always talks about how the games against them are always the ones that define the season and actually if you look at it that season I don't think we lost a game to them that year in the, the league I think we won them all, right? I think we, we beat them or oh, we didn't beat we, didn't, we drew a game as well at, at their place but mm-hmm. we, I don't think we lost to them in the league right so it isn't always that way. But um, for me, it was one of the games you were into that game off them, and they did a really poor start, as I say, compared to us. I, I think we maybe dropped points in the fourth game about a draw or something. But certainly going into that game, it was like, right, we've we've got a, a wee bit of lead over them and we're at home. And I I think they are probably a bit more fancied than they would have been, you know, if it had been the first or second game of the season, they wouldn't have been fancied to, to win the game, Celtic. But what, what I remember about that game is uh, I wasn't at it. I got to the I got to one of the, the Derbies that season, that wasn't it. But um I remember um I remember that game, obviously at the time you're getting fifteen page pull outs in the paper the next day and watching the extended highlights and all that and speaking to him Uncle Joe and hearing all his views at the game and hearing everybody of analysis of who played well. But what I remember the build up it was um mixed Day looked like he was gonna be out and that was I can remember running the game all, all week in the papers it was about how the maestro was going to miss the game and that was Celtic beat basically if he was out. Um but that game and, and actually a couple of games that season boiled over. But what I remember about it was well, first of all, um right at the end of the game, uh, and uh, he, it's just he's actually, just, you look at the guy, he's just a scumbag anyway, but Graeme Roberts who'd came up for I think if, maybe for Spurs that came up for um, one of their one of their England players, he uh, he kicked off at the final whistle. I remember that, they obviously beat him. And he's kicked off at the final whistle and causing a ruckus and that a bit like Doof did. Remember Doof did and and been Bruni done away kicking off and throwing his shirt off and all that carry on. He done a bit of that. But I remember soon as he got sent off in the game. Uh and he be fair, soon as could get sent off in every game, right? He got, <laughs> with, he got away with absolute murder up here. He was up, soon as he, at Liverpool was a world class player, soon as the Rangers was nowhere near the player he was down there, and he got away with Blue murder, uh, I say pardon the burn of blue, but he ran about, he kicked, everything yeah. moved. He was a total thug up here. and got away with every game. You could, you could have counted three or four instances in a game where he would have, have been booked or sent off, and they get away with one in every four matches or something. He was a total animal up here. But he got sent off. Um, but I, I remember the best bit about it was we scored that brilliant goal. Like in terms of the watching it, having known it, having known you won the game, so you know it's like you've not seen the game yet. You're watching the highlights on sports scene I think it was probably Scott Sport at the time. You're watching that oh, but you know who's, you know who you know scored the goal and you know who's built the goal up because 'cause they've read all the reports in the papers next and on Sunday morning eh? and I can remember reading about it was great build up playing all that for the team. Uh, I feel like and obviously Big Mark McGee was there. I am sure it was like T B Tommy Burns was involved, it was a great bit of football and eventually Billy Stark scored a really good goal against them. And after that it was to be fair Celtic were a uh, Celtic were a better team. Um, And as soon as made a shocking challenge on Billy Stark, probably these days they had a six-game ban for it. It was that bad. Um, And it's one of the ones where I can remember, it. I haven't watched it the next morning or next day, I think to be fair, Celtic were on a better side, but a good way. Rangers did really trouble us in that game. I mean, it was obviously at home. They weren't playing well. And by the time we finished that game, you you brought up a decent lead against them, and I I think because we managed to score like start scored like ten minutes or so and it scored dead early in the game first ten minutes, and they had you know they had a good side too. It wasn't like they were missing players. They had they had the f- pretty much a full team out against us. It wasn't like when suddenly in the game they missing five or six first teamers. They had your know, Durant's, the, the Ferguson's. They had Soonest. You know, all the guys that were the kind of first team picks: David Coopers and McCoys and all that. They were on the team, and uh, Celtic definitely bossed the game. And actually, typically, uh, you know, it it was all, uh, like like you look at it now, they got away with some horrendous tackles during the game, being thuggish. We won 1-0, though. But I think the difference is a lot of Celtic teams, apart from Martin Neal's team, loads of Celtic teams in my lifetime have been lightweight in terms of not wanting to be, not wanting to kick back, right? But it's that Celtic team... Some boys who could kick back, right? You, you had obviously you've got guys in midfield like McStay, and Peter Grant. They didn't. Paul McStay gets view, doesn't get viewed as it. Paul McStay was hard as nails when he was younger. He was a proper tackler. Um, but you had TV. You had Peter Grant. You had McStay in midfield, and you had like Big Roy O'Hagan and that in the team, and guys that could look after themselves and their teammates. So when they, when they were throwing these tackles, we weren't really, we weren't we really shy. Do you know what I mean? It was a it was a proper battle. But Celtic were by far the best team, and it was one of the ones you came out of it going, you've won that. You know, he didn't breathe for ninety minutes or basically if you're at the game, but then, you, then you go one. That's a That's us. Beat them for the first time this year. So definitely, you mentioned that right to start that kind of how was it? What was the kind of, taking the temperature of the fans at the, the start of that season? By the time we beat him that game, everybody was thinking right, this is on for us here. Because they've started rubbish. Uh and that was it. To be fair, with a wee lull after that, the team only great for a few weeks after that. But there was a wee period to went through. through. We, we we couldn't buy a win, draws for a bit like TV's team. In the year lost the league, too many draws. But um, mm-hmm. we, we through a great, a wee a wee sticky spell. But definitely, we all feel after that one 0 game that uh, it was it was there for the taking. They were there for the taking that year.
0: Aye. Um, so I mean, obviously you've touched on that wee sticky spell. I was going to ask about that. Uh, like, I think I think they went something like th- three wins for nine. But I mean, uh, uh, after that, uh, like, I mean, after the Rangers game, I think they've opened up something like a an eight point lead, uh, and then they go through that sticky spell. So you, as you say, that you really felt like they could go in and win the league, and then the sticky spell happens. Do you think then, oh maybe maybe we're getting a bit far ahead of ourselves here?
1: Aye. That, that's it It was one of those The classic Celtic thing If you, uh, I can't remember All the exact results Because it's gone back Too long ago But what I can remember Is there Aye. was It was a period of time Where we probably I think we maybe played About five games We drew four of them Or something like that And I, I, by the way One thing about it At the time is that uh, It's still two points For a win Right So I think that was just Before uh, Maybe the couple of seasons After I changed To three points For a win I think So draws weren't at The end of the world Back then Now you know it's like it's the classic kind of year with, um, what's his name? Uh, Hugh uh, Haynes and Clyde, one. he always goes on about how oh, you know, a draw is a, 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 draws a, a, draws a catastrophe or some defeats, you know, whatever it is he goes on about return. Aye, so, aye. It was world, basically, where you're a Celtic Rangers manager. But um, it was one of them, and I was, I don't I remember, it's really, if you think back then, right, there was, there was probably... Five or six teams in that, that first division, right? Who were decent sides, no up there with Celtics level. But remember, if you remember back until, when Rangers won the league in '87, they hadn't, hadn't they won the league in a decade plus. They weren't in, in the hunt. Aberdeen, United, Hearts, they were all all right good teams. So it wasn't uh, like, but see, if you went to Tynecastle saying you drew one each, it wasn't the end of the world. It was a, like, at some teams was not a bad result. Up to then, if you could take Sunway Pathodre. You were, you were quite delighted with the you. So it wasn't like some of the games, I can't remember. There was a couple, I'm sure we, I think we beat off from Femlin or Morton or somebody like that early on in the season. I can't remember exactly what it was, but they lost a the game we shouldn't lose to. But, you know, it's one of the other ones you think, if, if Hearts beat us, you would have thought it's the no end of the world. If Aberdeen beat us, or Duny United, they were right the a right good team at the time. If they beat us, it's no end of the world. But then, mm-hmm. um, that, that sticky spell, it was more about the draws. And I think to be fair, it was like Walker went off the boil after his good start. We didn't have a lot of great options up front. You know what I mean? Like, you had, I, I, I think Matt McGee was still there. Because McGee still there. Who was there? So, I mean, I, but, but you'd lost a lot. of lost a lot of goals in the previous season. You know what I mean? You'd lost McLeary. You'd lost Johnson. You lost some guy. You'd lost obviously your you're Bayern Munich legend in terms of Big McAnally. right? You'd, you'd lost some proper like, guys who could score goals. So that it wasn't. A, it wasn't a huge surprise, I don't think, that they went a number of games withdrawn. drawn. I mean it was one of the things you can expect. But I it was a certainly certainly after the sticky the sticky start they had and I was getting off to a flyer, it brought I probably brought us all back down a but I aye. aye,
0: aye. But then I mean you, the, you then come out of that sort of sticky period, if you like. And uh, you, uh, back then you didn't have the sort of restriction of transfer windows and stuff, and coming out the other side uh, we were able to bring in uh, McIverney and Joe Miller. A uh, uh, memory, do you think that tipped the balance for us again and buoyed the squad, given, uh, I think we went on, after that, we went on something like a six-month unbeaten run. I think that, was that something like 26 games. We made
1: all the difference, Ross, and actually the reality is now, if you look at it, like, clubs like, if you go back before transfer windows were implemented, right, Clubs who, before huge TV money made a lot of difference, clubs who were big clubs because they had money because they had big supports and had big commercial deals around that. So you had huge amount of fans, big fan base. That's where your money came from. The clubs always could buy players. They made the difference, right? And that's your Liverpools, your down south. you know, up at, at Arsenal's the world when they were a huge team. But up yeah, if Celtic were in trouble at the time, there was money to buy players, right? And actually they went out and went out and Joe Millard and Brown came in by. We Joe was underrated with Celtic. He was a good player before he came, he was a good player after he left Celtic. But Cavani but was inspired. And, I, and I, I'll be honest, I know if they hadn't got Frank McAvenney and it wouldn't have been a double win in Centenary season. You know that by the goals he scored. But McAvenney, and it's actually quite sad to think, McAvenney went down and, and lit it up down there. Like, literally, like, it, like, you know, you look at like the guys like you know, Christie and that going down to England now, right? They're going down to Bournemouth, in the world. We've got our, our, our main striker going down to Watford, right? We might have any went to West Ham and they think they finished second or third in the league, England. but there was a season where there was a, there was like a strike with the TV cameras and stuff. So, match of day wasn't on and all that kind of stuff. Back was like either top scorer or second top scorer in the, uh, the first division in England, right? With West Ham. And him and Tony Cotty like, were, like, Bullying teams for fun. They were outstanding. The two of them. So when we signed him, that was, that was like how to like now. I suppose if like Celtic then down to a team that finished second, or third in England, and signing their best striker right midway through the season in the January window. Say you you wouldn't do it now because the money to be too much. But at that time the money wasn't that much. A difference so we could do it. And when mm-hmm. like Frank came in, it just was, it was just made for Celtic. It was a, like if you look at we've had, and and you and my lifetime we've had the benefit of seeing some for sometimes too short a time, some outstanding strikers, like go back to cadeties of the world, obviously the, obviously Henrik, but you'll, you've had some fabulous players, and more recently like Dembele's and that, but McIvenny was up by any name as a goal scorer, Frank McIvenny, he was a fabulous striker, so that to me, the kind of it buoyed, it kinda, I suppose after a lull, to go out and buy, get these players in, it just gave the whole team a boost, um, and the fans a boost too, because cause we knew how good a player Mark Aveni was do you know what I mean? it was like you? you it was not it wasn't like he was playing out of Mongolia he was playing down the road and buying goals in for mm-hmm. fun so he knew it was a good sign and he knew how good a player he was when he was up here before he went down there so it he, he probably he's one of the guys Celtic should probably have signed before he went away for, for Scotland but aye he was, was made for Celtic for me he's a fabulous player
0: Aye I mean, some of, I mean I'm only going with some of the goals that we'll probably touch on in the, in the semi-final and stuff like that uh, just just poachers goals just there in the right place and eh? just knew where the goals were. But, um, that's it. He
1: was and he was fast as well. Like I don't know if you notice how fast he was. He was quick over the, like, not like um, Gareth Bale quick or somebody over 60 yards. But see 10, 15 yard runs, dynamite. It was just, as you say, just knew he had that, the classic knack he knew where to be and he just, and he was brave as a line as well. I was worrying about Macavini. Like, you look at some strikers now and the. They don't want to put their head in or the foot. Where most people would put their feet. We Mckeever would stick his head in anywhere. He was as anything. for the side. He's not. Remember, he's I don't know if you met Frank Mckeever before. Most folk have met him because he's out of much. But he's not a bad guy. You know, I mean, I'm, I don't mean you and the big people, right? He is. I uh, <laughs> uh, He's like I'm. I'm not particularly uh, tall, so standing next to him, I was surprised who he was, considering the amount of amazing headers he scored. Day.
0: Eh? Aye, aye, a bit like well. Not putting them in the same bracket, but Larson was not a big, massive guy either, and he was brilliant in there. Great, um, but great as well, eh? You should put your head in, but it mattered, eh? Near
1: there? eh? There's so a bit
0: off. of a noise there. I don't right. know it's it coming
1: from my side. I'm, I'm quiet in the south
0: I, I don't know. It stopped now. It's fine. I don't know what that was. So I heard something. Hear Stephen uh, said, I'm not sure, but
1: if he's off mute. I here, don't know. Sorry, we can cut I that. I so we're, we're aye,
0: at, that's uh, fine, Carry. On. I don't know where, where we you were there. It was <laughs> actually going on for a wee bit. Aye, we got up to the bit about talking about how that made a big difference. I think next in your notes are about uh, aye talking about the game at Hearts, the draw Hearts. Oh, aye, yeah. aye. So, aye, we after that we we get a, a we go to Hearts and we get a two-two draw. Like you've touched on, going to Time Castle back then and places like that, a draw wasn't a bad result, and like. There's obviously a bigger gap nowadays than what there was then, but I still think something you, you could go to Tyne Castle or at any anytime and draw anytime, and that's how I look at like and, and even lose like the, the two games we've lost this year. This year, you could lose the games at any time in any season, so that's not a big deal. But aye, uh, they go they go there and they draw two two eh, eh, during that run. Eh, it seemed to be a, a huge draw in the end, given that they were 2 nil down with 15 minutes to go. I, I realise you want to. to I'm, I'm saying you go to Tankcastle. This game was actually at home. Uh, <laughs> but I, I realise you want yeah, to, It, to it was. Aye, I, I was at
1: home.
0: Uh, but I, I, you want to win your home games, but for if, if that position, 2 nil down with 15 minutes to go, that that's sort of salvaging that game and getting a, a, an Aki and not knowing when you're beating it. Eh?
1: Aye, absolutely That It was one of the ones that, was, it was two late, late goals that turned it around, and it's one of the games, you know, it's a classic thing where it's just Celtic-y, where you, you're behind in a game late on, and uh, you, you end up nicking something out Yeah, it. And it's one of the ones that if you'd, you're at home, it's probably, you get the first goal, and you know, you know for a fact that it be 10 minutes to go. If Celtic score a goal, they'll get two goals. It's one I don't know why that happens in games, it's just like... You can look at it, and it doesn't matter who you're playing against. You can see if we get one, we'll get two. You know, you know what you I don't mean? Just you feel it, and and I remember that one. That's one of the games I came in. Uncle Joe coming back because it had a very good scoop after it in the commercial ink. Um, and uh, I remember talking to him about about that game on the Sunday, and talking about how, about how the giant were beating all that kind of stuff. It's just uh, being da da flatty. What was the game like? Kind of stuff. Two 0 down me so late like, late on, and I came in him saying that it was one of the games, where Celtic, I think Celtic deserved the draw. he said, but it was one of the, you didn't think it was coming until the first goal came, and then you just knew hundred percent you'd get that second goal. Do you know what I mean it was like as soon as the first wave went in, it was like right, well, the, the second goal will come. And I think, like I think the other thing too, going back to just no more than like eighteen months before it, like how Har- I think the reason Hearts fans hate Celtic fans is because '86. You know, they really like. The, I've I've been the rocks dozens of times and I beat the Tencastle dozens of times and by far the worst fans are Hearts fans for me in terms of the way they behave with Celtic fans right and I, yep. I think it stems back to that goes back as long as that The, the it's like utter hatred because they, the fact that they, they, they thought they won a title on 86 and we won it off them right so I, right. I think that's to do it so the fact that we the fact they balled it that year right and threw it away and we just kept winning and kept winning at the end of the year with uh, under Hay and then nicked it I think that, that's the type of game where, and it's like, I remember if you remember the game under Strachan I think it was at New Year's time it must be New Year because I was hanging like washing the next day we've been out and yeah. it was like we're in the pub watching it and we're 2-0 down against Harps and we turned it around 1-3-2 and Big McManus nice. two goals nice. later nice. on nice. right mm. one of the games I was actually I was super hungover and like could hardly even celebrate but I did but it was one of the games. See, as soon as Celtic scored the first goal, you, you didn't even think we were going to just get a draw. Perhaps you felt we were going to beat them. Do you know what I mean it was right. like we'll beat them because they will bottle it? And it was like that. That game, you chose. said, as soon as Celtic scored the first goal, you knew they get a, they get a result. So and that was that was massive because it it's one of the games you'd back then. You lose that game at home. It's like it's an opportunity missed, especially when, um, especially when, as I said they had started to pick up some points across the city by that point. So it wasn't like it was, we didn't have a huge gap at that point. It wasn't like it was time to time. So, I, as I say, it may have been 10 or 15 minutes to go and you've you've nicked a draw out of the game. So it was a fabulous result in the end. And then the game kind of yeah. was, just, when you're title, if it goes close to the end of the season, it's getting that point when it really mattered, it made a big difference.
0: Aye, absolutely. I mean, th- 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 that sort of result, too late goals, not that it's, it's happened that often down the years that it's it's, it's not a fluke that that's that's just Celtic to me. Uh, a lot of big teams are like that. Man United have been like that down the years. Even they I a set Rangers themselves. But uh so in that game, I think I'm sure it was McStay eh, that gets the equaliser, and what a strike it was for the edge of the box. Eh, again, I'm only going with YouTube. It, it, it looks a good strike to me, eh, but it sort of brings me on to my next my next part. Eh, I mean, I I remember McStay for the sort of latter part of his career at Celtic. Eh, no, all good memories, obviously, because we went through a barn spell after the 88 season. Uh, one of my biggest memories of mixed days of missing that penalty in the Coca-Cola Cup final but uh, just as I say I remember him in the latter part of his uh, career with Celtic but could you sort of talk a little about him and describe describe him as a player and also if you can as I know him and as a a lot of other guys on the podcast know him as the manager and coach but uh, Tommy Burns the player I'd love to hear a bit about him for your memory, and just I'm sure some of the younger listeners as well would love to hear about these two guys.
1: I, I, we could do like we could quite easily do a, a two and a half or three hour podcast on Paul McStay alone, and and probably <laughs> right. TB, I, I seen Tommy Burns probably on his way down, but he's still a fabulous player. But but for me. And it's like everybody's got their own heroes at Celtic, right? And you'll always depending on what age you are, you'll have different, you know. guys will always say Larson's the best player they've ever seen, right? But go Ed Larson was outstanding, no doubt about it. But there's guys who are Uncle Joe's age or Andy Greenhorn's age who'll say at least was the best player they've ever seen, right? Or Danny McGream was the best player. You know, I mean they've got another mm. generation in my and Varys' mum would say it'll be it'll be Barry Old or it'll be Bobby Mob right? You, you go back generations, you'll always get different guys. I, I suppose in a way I was lucky that I'm old enough to have seen Paul McStay in his prime. Because not not that, you know, by the by the time I started watching Celtic and going to games, Paul had already been butchered, butchered weakly, right? So, mm-hmm. you know, you know how early he retired, you know, he was a young, young man for, for retirement for football now, especially at a club at Celtic, where, you, you know, you'd expect them with the best in medical care, the best of all that type of stuff. And they did have, by the way, it was like world-renowned world how good they were at the time, Brian Scott and... All sorts of stuff, but Paul McStay, when he broke through, I've been talk about Paul McStay as being like this as a kid, a sitter, or like he's a, a midfielder, didn't he run and all that? Because that's what I remember watching him in his later years, right? But when McStay broke through as a kid, and bear, bear in mind, he was a kid, he was in the Celtic first team playing every week at 17 years old in the middle of the park. Mm-hmm. You, you see kids making it and breaking through when they're younger when they play like maybe, maybe McGee, broke in the team quite early, but he's playing out wide where he can kind of protect the player. Or he'll find a, a full-back play, like Tierney breaks in because he's just too good to keep out of the team, right? But to play in the middle of the park and for Celtic at the time and be a certain midfielder in an era where you didn't get sitters and, and attacking midfielders. You didn't get lazy midfielders like Frank Lampard who just run forward, right? Or guys who just sit in and defend. Paul McStay, is a, like obviously he's a number eight. Paul covered every bit of grass in the park in his early years, and he, he genuinely was the first in the flesh, the first world-class player I've ever seen. Right, because there's other guys who were good players at Celtic at the time, but Baxter was just one of the guys you watch and just go, he's a, he, his level was different to anybody else in the park. And I'm I've, there's been very few times I've been at Celtic Park. We watched the team and went, that guy's head and shoulders above everybody. Like there's been I remember watching years ago watching uh, Paris and germain before there were just an oil team coming. <laughs> and played us in the cup winners' cup it was, right? And we'd went to Paris and got a wee bit of result. McStay was there at the time. We doubted drew or could beat one now. So we all felt it was a wee chance. But they literally passed us off the park. It was one of the games you just got beat. I don't see nothing. But it could have been any score. They were that good. And there's very few times you've seen a team like coming and doing that. Nowadays no it doesn't happen so much, but in the in the in his day, Paul was as good as anybody in his position in the country. And I say the country, I don't mean Scotland. I mean the UK at the time. The, like there's all these stories here. you should have went to Lazio or the event and all that. See this day, there's no way in this day and age many players would have stayed at Celtic like Paul McStay did. Like everybody knows how much a Celtic fan Kieran Tierney is, right? The guy who who if he was there playing football would be standing in the north curve, right? That's a, we just know that about the laddie. He's Celtic to the core, right? But when the time comes, the club would decide you're going because we're getting an offer of 20-odd million. And he says, I'm going to make three or four times my wages and I'm going down to the Premier League. It's the right time for some players to move, right? Because they had that opportunity dozens of times to leave Celtic and didn't. And that, that to me, is one of the first reasons why he's my favourite Celtic player of all time ahead of anybody, that he stuck with us, especially in an era where he was playing with guys around about bottom who wouldn't have got a game with faultless amateurs at the time. He's playing with guys who were coming for the army teams to play in that. Just utter, utter rubbish players. Uh, and he stuck with us. But he stayed in his his early days was, was a dynamic number eight that covered every bit of grass in the park. He was hard as nails. He made tackle if you watch some of his early games, some of the tackles he made he got up and won the ball and came out and then made a great passway. He, he could pick any pass in the world. In fact, the greatest pass of all time is his pass against them in the 2 0 game. Uh, and that end it's to this can dispute that or the like, that is the best part. It's called the pass for a reason. Um and on top of that, he was um he was a great captain. I mean, he, he was kind of guy. he's just a leader on the park. He didn't they go out shouting about him, like trying to make an example in the park about how you know shouting the odds or telling players or that. He just the reason he, he led by example, right? And he, he scored outrageous amounts of goals in his early career when he was before he got injuries. Uh was a fabulous attacking midfield player and, and could make tackles for fun. But when it, most people look at Paul McStay and the later years of his career where he was already crippled by injuries, like his ankles were and bits. Um, <laughs> but because of the hammer throws of Scottish football being allowed to literally take, you know, three and four times a game, somebody would make a tackle and get booked on McStay, right? And he would get enfolded in half with some shocking tackles. And most of the time, at that time, they'd get away with two or three before they got booked. So, the ref, you know, it was... It was it was he should have be been wearing Kevlar, do you know what I mean? Rather than Shingard, some of the tackles he made. <laughs> um but aye. I could I could talk about Paul McStay for as long as you wanted to. But to me, he's my favourite Celtic player of all time. And that season, it was if he did not one player of the year, I think he might have done he, he certainly was the best player in the country. And that was ahead of the year soon as he the world, and MDLC DLC brought up night and he was head and shoulders above any of the country. Um and aye. You can switch any TB now. Like Tommy Burns, the player, I seen the second half. Of his career as such, but before that, you know, if you if you know anything about Celtic, and you've read up on, on on TB how good he was. Tommy Burns was a fabulous player. But but I talked about about how players could look after so That's one thing that folk forget about Tommy Burns. Tommy Burns was hard as he was a proper hard man. In football, but clever way of going up. Like didn't run about trying to half guys in two, but he just. Every tackle he made, somebody, he, he would make a mark on somebody. If somebody was running about kicking players, Tommy Bundy would be one of the guys who would nail him. It wasn't like a wasn't like a wee Davy Hay, the kind of silent assassin who would nail guys, but he just he just had that bit in aura about him mixed day. And I, obviously with the the first player I can remember after him who, who looked a bit like it was John Collins. When he had Evan that left foot, Evan goes on that left side, it just looks better, eh? It just you look at a player and you just think was on that left foot, and there's the balance and the kind of having so tidy on because you're left-footed. Uh, he just had a a great a great kind of look about him as a footballer, and he just he, if you watch it. I suppose Tommy Burns was lucky enough to play in some great Celtic teams, right, running through. But he also he had a, he had a you know he had a great run at it as a manager, and actually, you know, I there's not a Celtic fan that I know would have you know would, would have thought he wouldn't have won a title because. If you look at it, the money they were throwing at that at that time, we were trying to keep up with them. And the football we played under Thomas is the best football I've ever seen any any Celtic team play. And mm-hmm. if he'd if he had a, a decent goalkeeper and maybe a, maybe you know anything like the same ability in the back the back line he had going forward from midfield forward, we could have coasted that title. But again, it's like a classic thing, too many draws, you know, it just killed us. But mm-hmm. as a player, um as a player you can, if you ask any slightly older generation than me, they they tell you more about his first half of his career. But Tommy Burns is a fabulous player, fabulous. But the maestro is the maestro. You know, he's he's the greatest Celtic player in my lifetime, and I include the, every big money buy they've had, include every guy that's went for thirty million like Dembele or Larson or Sutton or Petrov and these guys. Lambert's that's won the Champions League. All these guys who are they're all great players, known right. But in terms of the what what they mean to me as a Celtic supporter. And
0: what he did done for Celtic, um, none of them could hold a candle next McStay. Aye, um, I, I mean that's some good insight there. Uh, and I mean, like even guys like Rio Ferdinand, I've heard him talk about Paul McStay. And like, I'm sure Paul McStay, I don't know if he was at Man United or something, and Rio Ferdinand, the point Paul McStay came to the training, oh. and Rio Ferdinand was <laughs> like, "Is that Paul McStay?" And some of the foreign guys was like, "Who's Paul McStay?" And he's like, "Who's Paul McStay?" Watch this guy, you need to go and watch this guy. What a player he was, and that's he's just talking about for when he was younger, eh? mind like watching him and stuff. So, there, he's well thought eh, throughout the game. Certainly, I think for certainly British players, eh, I don't know if he's well as renowned across Europe, but eh, aye. I, I've heard a lot about McStay and I, I enjoyed listening to you talking about him there. Wouldn't yeah, be, but,
1: there wouldn't be many players in that era in Scottish football including Gerants before he got injured or, um, or that that would have walked out of Celtic into almost any team in football and been able to get a place. Do you know what I mean? When you're, you're not talking about I'm going to wee teams <laughs> for that. The teams that were looking at McStay were Juventus's Lazio's big teams down south. You know, United were always looking know. for that. that, that it have went, if if he would had the you know, you've got to remember he's lucky because he's He's a local boy, he's a family guy, he's has a big Celtic, huge Celtic family. His wife's in the tradition, he's just one of the guys that I, I don't know I've met Paul McStay once and I, I literally I couldn't even speak for was that nervous. And I, met, yeah. I met his brother, <laughs> yeah, met Raymond a few times. He works in a similar industry to me in digital. And I met Raymond, I, I, I seen him sit at a conference one time. I went, didn't even, that's, that's Paul McStay's bro, because it's ripping over I'm like, you know, it's like, that's that's. Yeah. He's, 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 and I was, i must be Raymond because that's cause I put who what age he'd be, wasn't he? Wally, I knew that. Uh, but I met him one time, and I could hardly get a word out when I spoke to him. Just shook his hand and slavered basically for about three seconds. But uh, I've right. seen that clip you're talking about, and it's actually they're over it because obviously you know, makes the, the Paul moved to Australia, and he got, he's got a successful business in that out there. But he moved to Australia, and uh, Man United were on tour doing like a pre-season tour. Out there, right? right. And was actually. He's, he, I remember. I've seen a club, He was actually lying on the massage table, and and the maestro had walked past a, a room. I mean, is that Paul McStay? Like just looked like was slightly yeah. overweight. You no, know, no, looking like Paul McStay in his prime. And he literally jumped up to go, and we got photos of him and all that, like 40s, and he was speaking to the guy. as like, you see, the foreign players, not who didn't know who he was, and he was like, "Bloody, this guy beat in use of football. He's a lot. He's miles ahead in use. You know I mean so? I yeah. uh, he maybe the, you know what it's one of the classic Scottish things we don't give credit to our own our own players in that way. But Paul was a he was just on a different level to he was at, at the time, and um, I just wish he'd he'd been lucky enough to play a bit longer. If he played in a different era, it's like a lot of these guys, like imagine Jimmy Johnson playing now with the protection Messi gets, right? Jimmy Johnson would beat three guys, go back and beat them again just for a laugh, right? I mean, just because he could, but they would be kicking lumps at him. Really done it. Me imagine like imagine the, the difference in protection now for a Messi the world versus a Jimmy Johnson playing the position. So it's all different eras. But Paul was Paul was just as I say he's my hero at Celtic. And if I you know if I could if I could ever watch one player again in the prime come to Celtic and play it'd be him.
0: Aye, I I would have to agree with that. I I would love to have seen him in his prime. I've seen him as I say in the latter stage of his career, but I certainly would have enjoyed that. But I so sort of moving on a. So, following on for that Hearts that draw, eh, we maintained the unbeaten run We a draw at home to eh, Aberdeen eh, and wins away to Falkirk and Dundee United, which set us up nicely for the New Year derby. Eh, a win here, by all accounts, would have sent us seven points clear of them, albeit they'd have a game in hand, and eh, a win we got. Eh, what what was your memories, eh, this one, and talk us through the chant for the stands. Eh, <laughs> given that this was the first game uh, of our birthday year and we were scaling our bitter rivals 2-0 at our home ground. It was uh, it's
1: one of the ones that it's a game that you'll never forget. Do you know I mean? It's one of the, the kind of classic games that, against them that you, you know, you, you've you played them that many times in your lifetime. There's games you forget about. You know, it was, like a, it was a game that, either one, team one. I remember, I seen one of them on Sky recently when a game, is like a classic Celtic Rangers game come up and we, we could beat four two and for I was like I'll be able two goals in this game if I remember and he did right but I can't remember any of the team any name that scored the one it was instantly forgettable but that game wasn't because that game was the it was bonkers that was the game that ended up in court first for I think it was the first time ever a football match had ended up in court um we ended up um picking up a draw but I think they had two or three sent off maybe we had obviously Mark Cavendish got sent off. Um, and it was, well, Mackie Benny tells a great story about it, and I'll get to that, I suppose, but they had, uh, had Graeme Roberts at the time in goals at the end of the game, right, because Chris Woods got sent off, so he did goalies years on you know, standing, and they were obviously singing some of the no very politically correct songs, and he was conducting them and all that, he standing waving his finger like a conductor at them, I can remember that, and then Peter the Pointer uh, tried his best to to cause mayhem as well, be blessing himself when he's after the second goal. <laughs> it was just the game was bedlam. It was just bedlam. It was like mental for end to end, um, and it was like I, I suppose it was it was one of the games where you just you got away with the result. Do you know what I mean it was like I, I took I, I think we were up in the game one or two 0 and it just it was one of the games that just all went mental. Um, but but there was um, looking at it now going back. I can remember like you don't see so much now. You see the odd thing about the the number of assaults or the the kind of issues in the streets after these games, and it happens all. By the way, it happens across the entire central belt of Scotland. You know, it's like after the games, no matter who wins, there's always going to be bother a town or a village. But there was, um, I can remember there being like mega bother after that game. It was it was horrible, and uh, that that's that's one of the matches that uh, I can remember trying to convince my dad to take me to one of the Celtic Rangers games that year. And after that game, he's like, Genk, I'm going to take you to that. Look at that. Look at the mayhem that's caused in the city. Look at run about it. Look at on the park, the way the players are behaving. Um, and look at the atmosphere. That's no something I, I was I'd be I was going on the bus for that point, right? So I was getting on the what was the Celtic and Shots bus at the time. Um and it was a, a big old bus that. But I used to stop at the commercial on the station. But I uh, used to go on that bus and I was getting to the games myself then. We actually started to go Peter Nielsen for my year, and sometimes Chris Thomas my year. Actually, we got we, we met, like, um actually met, like, say, Barry Brogan, Kev Carr, guys who went to other schools, ended up at St Kent's. Through the football, we'd started going the last year of school and bumped into these guys. So, it's interesting. My dad was like, no chance. Just no way you're getting to that yourself. So, that kind of, that, as much as it was, like, a, a good point in the end, Celtic should have won the game. You know what I mean? And they... They ended up. I, I think, if I remember rightly, they got they nicked a point at the end of the game. It was like a a poxy goal when they kind of like like probably a stromash or a, like a, a header or something. It was one of the games. I can't remember who scored it, but it was like a totally deflated at full time. One of the games. you think shh, just threw away. That we should we should have won this game as well. But as I say, the game ended up in court. So that, that tells you how much fun the game was.
0: Aye, aye I think I don't know if I've got my notes wrong then Because I've actually got Celtic Won the game 2-0 But maybe Maybe I've read up, wrong. God knows
1: Well, I think we're talking The 2-0 draw I, I think it's
0: me who's getting mixed up I think it's me who's getting mixed up <laughs> Well, I'm talking about The It was the New Year Derby according <laughs> well, to my notes They won 2-0 And uh, then it, it was obviously the, the 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 fans were singing Happy Birthday, Happy birthday Celtic. Celtic Aye, you're right
1: So we can, Stephen can cut and cut this bit out. Absolutely, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm ahead myself. I'm thinking, the oh, after New Year here. Forget, we played them at New Year as well in other day. So, ah, you're right. So I'm, I'm totally ahead of myself. going. Hey, I'm thinking it's a two-all game.
0: And you're talking about Derby? Uh, no, not I just, <laughs> I wasn't wanting cut you because I wasn't sure if I'd got my notes.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, you're no, you're right because we definitely beat them. That's for sure. Um, aye. Um, and it was it was one of them. I'm I'm getting well confused ahead the myself there. So going back to it, it would be what date was, was that? The first, second of January, second of January. The kind of nerd day game. That's right. So we'll take that off the top again, right? We, so we can get now. Especially talking about his happy birthday, Celtic, because that was the first game we played after the the turn of the year. So aye. aye so take it back to that. It would have been the obviously the very first game after the uh, the turn of the year. So. The, the big thing was that there was a, a mass, you know, the whole jungle and the Celtic end were singing happy birthday to Celtic at full time, right, which, uh, which was quite, I, it was one of the things that we tear in the glass eye, you know, that actually it was a, a huge, huge result for Celtic because um they'd, they'd obviously, we'd, we'd ended up going off and beating them in, in the first game we played them and, um, at home and it, it made a massive, it made a big, massive impact to pick up that game after New Year because they they really needed to beat us that much, you I know. Mean, it gave us a decent lead in the the title chase, um, and actually there are a few things I can remember that game. Obviously, one of the first things is the and it, it obviously is horrendous to think about now. Is the uh, the way and it was but don't know. It, there's nowhere near as bad or as many people involved in it as it's made out. But there was uh, it's given it's the time it was like 8, seven, eight, eight, eight You know there was horrendous stuff happening with Mark Walters, that's one thing I should mention, those mm-hmm. bananas getting chucked at him and that thing, it's just totally unacceptable stuff, that actually, you like, look at the Celtic sport now and that's just something I would never expect to see for us, right, you look at the way, the way we, you know, that's open to all stuff, not as everyone everything, unless you're of certain persuasions, but uh, for, our, for our fans to do that was something I just never expected to see. Um. And actually, you know, considering the first black player to play up here was, was a Celtic player, you know, so that was that was horrible. But the result was massive. And actually, what I can mind was um, in terms of the game itself, it was it, it took the, a back seat. The next days in the papers, it was like two or three days. It all be on about this the kind of, um, the bananas getting chucked in the park and all that kind of stuff. Now it's just horrendous. So that that kind of took the. The window of sails a bit, because we it was a great a great result for us in terms of the um, in terms of the the title chase but mm-hmm. there was no no celebrations in the papers the next few days and actually it was a, it was one of the ends didn't sit very well for us you know what I mean but again as I mentioned them early on um, the signing of McAvaney made all the difference we 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 done really a, what I'd call the a, kind of, a strong a, probably if not our strongest one of our strongest teams out of that game. Um, and obviously having um, signed McIvenny and me, Joe Miller They both were involved in that game heavily But McIvenny scored the two goals um, And it was one of the classic things that happened in a derby He scored, I remember him scoring right before half-time It was like, because um, this is the game I got to This is the one, one game I got that season that I was allowed to go to And um, he scored late on the first half If not the last kick of the ball, almost right at half-time and that gave us a, that kind of, you go in at half-time with a lead. Um, and then we scored again late on. wasn't, like, not right at the end of the game, maybe, like, 75 minutes or 80 minutes or something. We scored the second goal and just to see it out. But the Rangers had the, had the full team out again. They had the proper strongest team out. Um, and we beat them again. And it kind of then, I felt after that, that, you know, this is, this is it for us to win now. We've, we've got to after Christmas and New Year. We we'll beat them in that game. And we went away thinking right. This
0: is on. The, 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 the centine retitle is now on, for sure. Um, if we can if we can keep that can we pace up. Aye. Um, I, I, I think Mac, if any, he's, he's quote, I don't know if it was right after the game or if it, it's, it's been sons. Uh he, he had a quote. Uh, I'm going to read it out just because it, it makes for quite good reading. He says, uh, When I put the second one in, the whole stadium erupted and the crowd began singing Happy Birthday Dear Celtic. Anyone who didn't know it was a special year, they would know then. It was always if it was meant. And that just that sort of gives you shivers that week what wee yes, takes you there. Aye. Sorry. It
1: does, here's my arms are standing up thinking about the now, mate, actually it's it's taking taking me right back to it because that that, that whole thing about your centenary season to go and win it, considering that the, the money they were throwing at it and trying to, you know trying to get back in and it was I think that was probably the season before Murray came in but um, certainly soon was there and they were they were they were going at it hell for leather Um for us to for us to come out of that and a big uh, you know it's your buff the year and go and win your hundred centenary season to go and beat them in that game at at they sung it for ages and you don't get it now like you know team, the, the bits of the stadium will sing a song for a wee bit of time and even you know for all their faults people will think the Green Brigade. You know, what they've brought back to the stadium in terms of the atmosphere and, and singing is, is really needed because too many folk now be sitting down, don't want to tell not what you're sing. But back then, jungle Celtic end, you would be literally 90 minutes of singing. They'd just be singing constantly. You would go home and could you speak after it? Um and in that situation, the that, that particular game, I can remember the the Celtic fans sung that for ages after that, right, you know, for ages after they started singing Happy Birthday. It was it was
0: a special moment to be a Celtic supporter for sure. Aye, that was that's one of the times I would have loved to have been in the stands eh, just to experience that. Eh, but I mean I that's that's the turn of the year and at this point after that win, eh, we we embarked on part two of the successful mission and we began our Scottish Cup campaign with a home tie against Ra Uh eh, was Strunra shit hot back then because it was only one nothing at
1: home. <laughs> no, <laughs> No, oh, no, by to imagination. Uh, that's a classic. <laughs> Early Scottish cup tie. You know, you get. It, it was at home as well. It wasn't even like we're away. You know, you get one of these when they put. They have to put TV cameras up on stuff and build stand like build scaffolds Aye. up. Like up at break-in with a hedge, but uh, you you, you end, end up in that situation. It's one of the classic. You win the game, right? You get the result, and you move on. That was one of the ones. Yes. That, it's like. It's a, I think it was the third or fourth round it'd be the Scottish Cup and it was like a, a typical you either win that game 8 or 9 or you win it 1-0 and get through and it was a, a, it was not a classic by any stretch of imagination but I can remember that game that's one of the ones that I've put to bed I, I couldn't even tell you scored of the goal in that game if I remember
0: really uh, I, I don't know it's but no I mean it's out. it's one of the ones you just you want to win the tie regardless I know, I, you're, exactly. it's a cup game it's knockout, knockout football you win 1-0 you're in the next round uh, basically, but uh, so uh, then back to the league we won the next five in the league, meaning that we had a trip to Ibrox and Putaudry We a home game against Dundee United sandwiched in between uh, if we come through unscathed the title's all but, but one, the, I mean the excitement among the support must be fever pitch by now uh, sort of describe the emotion before heading into these massive games well certainly the the Rangers and Aberdeen ones, as they were, they were both in and around his, eh, in the title race at that time.
1: Aye, uh, and that is one of the ones. You know, you go, you look at the fixtures. Sometimes they come up, and you go, that's like a classic situation. Where you you play the teams in and around about you, back to back or close, and you you tip, usually with Celtic that always follows. You've got like a a way European game with somebody just as you come back to play the Ibrox. But and you played the Sunday before at Bataudry or whatever right it's one of the ones you've got like a, a series of games that you know are vital um, and I can remember it was like a it was the, the game against them. Was, that, was that the draw Is was that to each game you're talking about I'm trying to remember what was
0: uh, I think well, I think they won 2-1 but I, I could i my trying so. to remember what was, the so, it was I'm trying to remember now
1: so, but, I think the draw was the last game actually that was the last game because it was Gone from probably end. So I'm trying to think now back to when that would. So we, had, we played them, and we had a game. It was either was Aberdeen was, it Aberdeen, was it United. Was it United you said? Aye. Aye. So it was one of these situations where they, we, we kind of steadied the ship after a wee second shaky spell in the round after, after we beat Rangers at New Year. So we shake a shaky bit again and then they were on a good run. It's just in terms of drop a couple of daft points. We were on a good run again and they ended up coming up. It was like that. That situation where you're going, Ibrox, Petardry, and then you come back to home. And if you can get points in the games, you, you feel like it's there. Um, and then obviously you've won the first game against Rangers. We beat them. It was two or three one. I think at home. Um, and then we went up to Aberdeen and beat them. And it was uh, once you went to Petardry, uh, uh, it's one of the games. you think we beat them, and then you got and beat them at Pataudry. you Just it's like that's it. You know, you surely, surely we can't lose it for here. Even we can't throw that away. Uh, and I think at that point,
0: we're all thinking that that's it, it's done and dusted. Sorry. Um And then, I mean, so they come th- they've come, they came through the sort of Rangers and Aberdeen games unscathed. Uh, the title, it's, it's all but secured. Uh, I mean, probably the managers and the players at the time wouldn't say that, as they always do. But uh, I think most of the fans are, are feeling like we're, we're almost there. But... Uh, we've all we moved back to the cup, uh, and we, we've already disposed of uh, Hibs, courteous uh, a replay uh, right. at Easter Road, and uh, Partick Thistle respectively. Mm-hmm. Uh, setting up a Hamden date with Hearts, uh, and what a dramatic match that served up! One. Uh, one of two at the tail end of that season, as we'll inevitably touch on. But did you get along to this semi-final?
1: I was at that game. That's one of the, one of the only cup games I was at that season. I, I was at the, Easter, the game at Easter Road, the replay. So I was at that my dad. He took me that. Right. And I got to the next game. It's funny you mention that, because if you think of that now, if you look at the draw for the Scottish Cup, right? how often would you get in a season Hibs, Harps and Dundee United? In a Scot- you know, all, all Premier League huh. in a row like that. Yeah, to be honest with you, Looking at the draws now, you know, that just doesn't happen. I mean, it just doesn't happen. I don't know why, but we, we certainly had a tough draw that year. And I'm pretty sure, I, if I remember rightly, we were pretty stinking against Hibs in the first game, and we we ended up getting the draw and went and went to Stirling. I was at I wasn't the home game, but I was at the away game. With my dad uh, at Easter Road, and then we came back and I got I got tickets to the uh, the semi final, and I, we actually bought them for. I can't be forgotten on the bus, so we actually went and bought tickets somewhere. I think my mum might have went and got tickets for something like that. It was a weird one, but we went to that game, and it was like a, a, a you know, one of the kind of games was a bit, a bit end-to-end, a bit open and such, and both teams kind of tried to go and win it. They had, and they were, at the Hearts heart, thought a good team at the time, but they were no, they were no mugs by any stretch. Um, and they, they, they went ahead, actually, in the game. They went ahead, and it was like, I'm sure, I'm trying to remember, done it, but I was pretty sure there was a foul on the keeper. It's like a... a, uh, a that's, I would agree with that. <laughs> nowadays, it would have been like, the boy would have been booked for it, probably. But pretty much, remember rightly, it was a, a foul on the goalie, and they went up, and uh, it just was like Celtic, constantly Celtic. One of the situations where you're going, the goal's got to come. and It's like, kept going, kept going. And just couldn't... I like, Even we had good chances... You just want to take them, and we we got that your know, class, I and mean, you get in a great position. The final balls crap, or they didn't play the right pass at the right time, or when they did come in the box, it was a rubbish finish. And you just it gets to that stage later on in the game. You're thinking, nah, it's not going to be, or we're going to lose this game." It's one of the, just later like, up. say is one of the one of the days, uh, but it was it was the way it, the way it transpired. Obviously, wasn't wasn't to be that way. You know, it wasn't. It, we ended up um, with the. You know, I suppose it's the centenary thing, isn't it? It's like Celtic in their centenary season. It was just meant to be that they they went on and and got the result in that game. You know, and I'm sure, like I said, come back to the the season '86, back to Love Street. You know, that, that the Hearts bottle hang again. You know, Celtic, Celtic got the first goal, and mm. I can't remember what minute we scored. It was late on anyway. We got the first, and then it was uh, about eighty,
0: eighty. Eight Seven minutes or uh, something like that. Maybe it might be wrong there, but
1: you you maybe not wrong. Put us me. This is back in the day where you didn't get seven or eight minutes injury time. Do you know what I mean? You maybe get one or two or max. So it was like if something proper happened, the guy went off on stretcher. It wasn't Wasn't it? You wouldn't get like thirty seconds added for a goal being scored and that kind of stuff. So when we scored, it was late on. It was like you did one of the games. You're just saying, just get a draw, get a draw, and get a replay, and then they nicked the a goal, and then obviously it's bedlam after that, utter bedlam, I mean, with because, I, I think it's one of the games, that you just, you felt like, if you, because you, you look at it and go, if you score one, in all of the games, you think you'll get two, but it was so late on, right, it was like, right at the last kick of the ball, you felt like, you scored the goal, We got a draw, and then it go on, obviously go on, and, and, Nick that winner, I mean it was, I, I think it was like, it was 90 minutes anyway, let's say, right, it was probably 90 minutes anyway, when they got the goal, um, and, and, they had like hearts, had to make had to great chances, right? Um, but Mark Aveni's goal, if I remember it, it's called the first goal, and it wasn't a great goal, like the first goal. But um, it was a, the the second goal that won it for us. Um, it was just like it was an utter bedlam at full time, and it's one of the games that kind of knocked the radio out and the t- like, you know, the cameras and the telly jump about daft. It was just like uh-huh. I, it was crazy. and I, said, I, I I remember going back home. And, like, you're obviously buzzing because you've won the game. You're getting back home. And, generally, you know, it's like getting out your hand in down the south side is always a nightmare, right? Coming out like that. It's out of Glasgow's always torture when you're hand in Mount Florida. But you already really bothered because you, you didn't care about how long it took you to go home because you'd won that game 2-1. And uh, I can remember getting like, desperately wiped back. Because we had, in the house, I'm sure we had, like, a beta max video at the time. And it was, like, the game was on the terra, I think. So it was, like, you wanted it to be recorded, but try to set a recorder then, I mean, like, you know, a degree and some kind of special rocket science to set a video to record. <laughs> You're basically hoping, you were hoping your grandma would hit play and record at the same time and get that game on, on tape. Uh, and I commend it. I, I remember, that, like, either the highlights of the game or the game itself, I remember watching it dozens of times after it. Because it was, it was not like now, you've just got YouTube look at the goals and that, but I remember watching it, I was like, after Latsford or I was doing the doing the commentary on Scotsport Sport and actually seeing it again and again watching it, watching the celebrations and brilliant. Uh, uh, one of the, one of the in my early days of watching Celtic I was younger about it, after that season, I went through the entire high school years of going to watch Celtic home and away and doing nothing. So that was like that was like thinking back to the when I was in my younger days watching us, that was one of the best moments to be a Celtic fan. Just the way we won the game, it's like I don't know if you're at the game, you were going to football at the time for sure. At the time, but if you remember back to the game against Shakhtar Donetsk in the Champions League qualifiers, was it Champions mm-hmm. League? Well, it was the Spartak Moscow game because the Shakhtar game was in a group stage. But we we're in the and we beat Spartak Moscow on penalties, remember? No, mm-hmm. was it, was it, who is it? No, I'm getting mixed up. That was penalties when Boric saved the penalty. Who was the team B Jamesy e. Forrest scored a goal right now? Oh, Shakhtar so, Sha- Karagandi it was. Or Karamandhi actually, I was saying Shakhtar Donetsk, because I remember yeah, that aye. when Yuri like, Arishek scored a late like, goal against them, and then remember the, we Donati scored a goal in 90-odd minutes against them, right, for it to go put us through basically. But that game against that Karagandi, who were like Johnny you'd I thought, right, but it, we needed a result at home because we didn't do well over there. And Jamesy e. mm-hmm. scored like 90-odd minutes to win the game. And it, it's like one of the times I can remember, like, as an adult going absolutely mental at a result, going, like, as if he beat Juventus or Man United or something. It was just, it was crazy. I was, yeah. and I, like that. Like, I remember going to my, my grand's back garden, and, like, every time I was, like, kicking the ball for the fence, it was like, McAveni, scoring on that. It was that kind thing. So, that loves that. That's one of the memories that lived live right through the day. Uh, fabulous. Uh,
0: yeah, similar to... Yeah. Uh, when Celtic they were down a game I've touched on before in the podcast. Uh, when Celtic were down one 0 to Dundee United at Parkhead and uh, it was in the Scottish Cup and they scored two late goals. Andy Tom and I think it was Van Hoydonk and they were that was similar sort of the way they won that game uh, and that was that was Bedlam in the stands then as well. Uh, but I so we, we've come through the semi final. We've got the final against Dundee United to look forward to. Uh, and we're just looking to sort of tie up a uh, title glory. It's getting very close, and we've we've, we've had uh, two 0 victories over Hibs and St Mirren, uh, and despite losing two one at Tyne Castle, it sets us up to be able to clinch the league title at home to Dundee United with two games to spare. And Rangers didn't even finish second, which I found pretty funny. That,
1: that was that was that was unusual at the time. If you look back. Uh, I, and- 10 seasons there's plenty of times they finished out with the top 3 or 4 so it was it wasn't unusual going, going forward now you, you'd expect it always to be Glasgow 1 2 but back then you know that's that's the angle I remember the the, the spell they went through in the se- late 70s and 80s you know there was there was low teens going to games Ibrox low teens and thousands. Um, so they weren't they you know, all asked about how they stuck them through the journey and all that stuff utter rubbish if you ask a, a Rangers fan who was going to games in seventies, eighties, they tell you how empty that place was then, um, and it's it's uh, it's interesting to remember that because a lot of folk will forget it quite quickly. But it was always a full house, and that wasn't. It? So they were they were out with the top three and four quite often because you had a really strong Aberdeen who beat us plenty of times to the title. You had done United who won it. You would Harps who should have won it. Um, so there was some they were some good teams, and Rangers Rangers. Quite often weren't in the top two, so I uh, you're right, it's, it's funny to think about it now. But that year, with the money they were spending, you would have thought they must
0: have got top two, surely. Eh? I, I can't, I can't remember the finished mm. second actually because I would have thought they finished second, but you, you're I right, I think it was Aberdeen, but could be, could be wrong. The, the Rangers definitely didn't finish second, but hey, eh, I mean, going into so they can clinch the, the, the title against Dundee. Uh eh, what what was your sort of memories of this one? and, how was it celebrated afterwards, as regards like family and stuff and overriding emotions, eh, getting over the line in such a momentous year for the club?
1: Oh, it was it was one of the ones that if, if you remember, what you would it be the the season we stopped to ten, right? There was a game we went up to Dunfermline, we could have won it and won the league up there, right? And Celtic drew one each, just lost a goal. A boy called mm-hmm. Craig Faulkner. I think not the guy's name. Was called
0: oh, no,
1: no, it was uh... like, like a big fluky header with a few minutes to go. Right, and it was like took the wind right out of our sails. And I can remember, like, because I didn't want that game to go down to the last game of the season because you just were, there's so much in it, there's so much it meant so much to everybody. Right, but that season we ended up with with a couple of games before we, we went to we play Dundee, and we a couple of games that were like kind of standard two or three and a hundred games we beat. I'm sure we had some We had a couple of games before it where you won no baller, and then we lost a game at Hearts at Tynecastle, right? And that was like, oh no, no way! I mean, there's surely, surely no, and it can't even fall apart now. There's a big gap, but you just you always worry, and it meant it meant um, we had the game against Dundee at home, and it was honestly, I know the, the classic Celtic reporting the numbers of fans during the the eighties and nineties was outrageous. I remember going to games when he could not move in the Jungle of Celtic end, and it was a the official attendance is twenty eight and a half thousand right You'd be like, well, <laughs> in one stand right. <laughs> God, he's getting cash at the town. was I was getting chucked over the gates a lot. They sell sometimes, but and there were oh, right. plenty of that, but the numbers were really that. I reckon there's probably not not a Celtic fan who was going to games then wouldn't tell you were at that game because it was it was unbelievable how many people were right. in the right. uh, given given you're only a matter of, you know, I think, if I remember rightly, Hillsborough was the next year, or the year, I maybe the next year, Hillsborough, right? You'd already had some horrible incidents at Bradford with fires, loads of issues with like, crushing at games. I remember, like, that, I didn't go to that game, right? Because my dad had said, it's going to be mental, in terms of how busy it'll be, and I'm not letting you go to yourself. And I, I remember almost crying about it, saying, just you take me then, you go with me. And he was having any at my dad, right? And I think he knew the league was won. So if I take you to the game or something, that's why I want to go. But uh, right. I remember I'm saying like, look, you'll get plenty of these chances. I'm not taking you that game. You're not going yourself. And, uh, I, and I, it's one of the ones I remember looking at it on the, the telly, and it's like I'm I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure Big Andy took the two Greenland laddies. I think they both got ten in the game. But there was loads of people who who were like they'll not get in because it was there was like. No, a limited amount of people going to get tickets and just right. and then to so pay at the gate and just it just if you looked at it on the telly you'll see it I mean back then you had the wee the wee kind of blue disabled cars running about the ground and all that and it was it was like there was people spilling over the walls it was people up beside of the pylons it was mental it was it must have been like I'm not saying it was a record attendance because was, there was more opportunity for standing in the games when the main stand standing stuff but it was Outrageously busy, and I can remember that game. Um, like, it was one of the ones where you just wanted to get over a line, right? And I remember, like, again, he like coming back, getting back home, you're kicking a ball about the back garden, and you're in the street and playing with your pals, playing football, and that after that And you, you've got your at that point. I can remember it, it's this, it's funny because I was at Celtic Park a few weeks ago getting the kids the new strips, and then um, getting like all three of them the, the new tops and that, and um, it was. The two or three, two or three days before the new home kit came out, so the two, the away kit and the third kit were out, and I took Remy looking lay up to the game, the, the ground myself. Barry wasn't there, and um, I bought the two new away kits, but I couldn't get the home kit. So I was our "Region didn't come out to Thursday or something." But in the in the superstore they had the centenary top and the away centenary top, um, for in kid sizes, right? And I was I was as soon as seen them, I'm buying I'm buying the Wednesday name anyway. But they were also on like a sale, like 12 quid a top or something. And I can remember getting them and it threw me like instantly right back to that, that time because I remember wearing the yellow away top. It was the very first time I had a full strip. I'd had Celtic tops before, but never a full strip. Because I got it at Christmas that year. I remember my mum and dad had been raging because I got up, me and Neil got up early, and down the stairs and never woke them up. And I think only went to bed at four o'clock and tried to wake them up and never got up. And I came running upstairs with my Celtic strip or jumping about the bed and the, my dad wasn't huffing because 'cause I, cause Santa had been there this evening. me. Uh, so that <laughs> strip, like that you know, you get certain that throw you back to that time. I remember being out playing in Langley Avenue in Parkview View as a kid then, with that strip on, that green that that yellow top with the green shorts and that. And um like you're running about shouting mixed day in and that as you pass the ball at the streets. But that that time was just like you just felt like it was gonna be every year after that as a laddie. You just thought, you know, move We've won it, the title's in the bag, we've got a Scottish Cup to look forward to, and it was just like, as, as a kid, you just thought, this is how it is being a Celtic fan, because we'd obviously won plenty when I was young, we'd, I didn't want it every year, or even every second year, but you'd won plenty, so you weren't expecting to go into a period of title and, and trophy drought for so long after it, but I could just remember it being like, I can remember like my Uncle Joe coming back for the game, he wasn't even like drunk or that, and he came back and he was like crying and that about winning it, and uh, and this, like celebrations in the street and stuff, it was like people were out singing and dancing in the street stuff. Even like, but not maybe not as much as when we stopped to ten, but it was a bit like that in terms of the, the result because it was such a big season for Celtic in terms of centenary
0: It was absolutely huge, uh, and uh, I'm sure just when you were talking about the amount of fans it was there, I'm sure I read that Andy Walker described it. He said it was like one of the best games he's ever like being a party played in and he said that you just looked up to the stands and uh, it was just a venetian uh, green and white and i, I thought that was a, a really good descriptive and took, took although i can't remember it, it sort of took you there to an extent
1: um but i, I described that spot wasn't he? It? just in terms of the way it, it fell and the way, the way it worked out it was like it just was like a mass moving you know you look at the games back in the the 60s and 70s, and you look at the amount of people on the grounds. like a classic one's the, the Celtic Leeds game at Hamden, right? And you look at the number of folk there, and like it's just, it, it, when one person moves, 100 people move. It was a bit like that, and but it spilled over on the track. And I mean, it just it was like so many people out on the, the track side and sitting over the wall, and kids sitting down on the ground and like lying down in front of the track side wall. It was, it was kind of crazy. Um, uh, and actually, like I say. Uh, not, obviously nowadays you'd never get away with it, but it would just make I suppose it was safe. the safest thing to do was let folk go out on the track so they want to go be crushed, but it was it was I that, that's I like ever looking at it and just thinking I would love to have been at that, but aye. no I'll blame Tommy G for that one, not let me get
0: to it. <laughs> I'll have a word with him the next time aye, I see him. Do that, please, um, aye. But I so th- that says we've clinched the title eh, in and our a momentous year, the centenary year. Uh, and we're, we're going into the, the showpiece event of the season, and uh, we had a, a massive opportunity to complete a famous double in our 100th year existence. Uh, uh, sort of an, an, uneve- an uneventful, goalless first half, by all accounts, but the second half has sparked into life early with a Kevin Gallagher goal. Were you worried as that goal goes in, uh, or had you seen enough in the game to you think would would still do it?
1: It's one of the ones um, that. I remember watching that game on TV. That being the semi-final, we couldn't get tickets to the final, and I watched it in my grands and thirty-two Long Larn- Avenue, <clears throat> and sat in there with Celtic strip on Centenary to top because every every kid in our class at school, when get now every kid I'm sure in that class at school had that Celtic top with the with the granddad collar on it, right? So I can remember as uh, I can remember apart from our communion photos, I can remember that more than anything else about that year in school, um, and I can remember the the game. It's like we obviously have been the best team in the country, but United were a good side still. They were decent. And I think, it was one of the ones when, when they scored, the ball went through and, like, Gallagher as a, as a youngster was absolutely rapid. And you see it in that game, you watch your YouTube highlights that game, because actually, I, I looked at their goals to just remind myself when they scored them. But to, Like, remember, I'm, I know we scored late, right? But I looked to see what minute they scored their goal. was like, how, how early did they score? But when, uh, when he goes through, it, it just it's as if, it's as if he's, the rest of the, the guys at are defending are like towing a caravan. And he just runs away from them and then, like, smashes it right in the top bag. Like, no chance for the keeper. And at that point, I was thinking, like, United had they had a, a good side, and one of the things built on was being pretty dour at the back. You know, they'd, they'd like to see Malpass and passing at the back still, who are who were like they could they could see games out. You know I mean, so it was a wee worry for me at the time, like watching the TV going oh no are we going to score here because Celtic were the better side but we were not making great chances I remember and it was just like the game was just going on and on and on and you'd obviously had a number of games that season there was tons of games where we won them late on like I don't know if I don't know if there's ever been a season ever since then where Celtic have, have turned games around so late on so often it was like it, it was almost like Celtic, they'll do it and it was just we'll get the result and then for, we, we scored the I, I remember going outside, I was, I was totally like panicking as a youngster, I remember, I'd be like 10, 11, I was sitting there watching the game, and uh, it was 1-0, 1-0, 1-0, and I was like, I had a ball in the house with me, sitting in the ball, and I was like, bouncing it out of pure nerves and getting told to take the ball outside and that type of stuff, <laughs> and I'm saying that politely, I, I know it was actually my grander who said it to me to get the ball outside, but not very politely, being an ex mate. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, we uh, I remember taking the ball outside and coming back in, and we scored as I walked back in the living room. Back at it's like these wee tiny, you know, two-up, two-round council houses. Walked back in the living room in the ball, Mackie went, just stuck the first one in, and jumped about, jumped about crazy, and, uh, like, punching my grands. She I be wee chandelier kind of light. Well, it wasn't crystal for sure, but wee chandelier thing, jumping about and actually, like, hitting it, jumping up the couch and everything. And uh, it was just like Bedlam. We scored the, the equaliser, and the oven room about five is in it, and um, on a twenty-inch telly or something. I'm maybe weird than that, but um, it just as soon as we scored the goal, we knew we were going to win it. Cause you don't get, I suppose, don't get feelings like that often. It just was like we've scored this, and it's going to be done. We're going to win, and uh, lo and behold, obviously, B Macca doesn't let us down, and uh, and that was it. It was it was it was in the stars, like you said earlier on. It was it was her year. And uh, I think, you know, I think if you look at it, you look at the way they celebrated the end, the way Mc, like McNeil coming out on the park and with TB, like his, his words about how they're always there, that type of stuff. It just, I'm, I'm getting goosebumps now thinking about the emotion and the moments as a youngster. And, and when I see them back as I've been an older Celtic fan, um, it's that's, that's great days. I mean, that was that was one of the days where you just, as a Celtic supporter, if you've been 10 or 40 there's
0: probably no many better days than one a Scottish Cup final, we score two goals in you know, the last few minutes they won it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Aye. And by the way, I I, I caught, well, I mean, I sort of when I was doing my, my, my sort of notes for it, I, I read that it was basically a carbon copy of the eighty five final which was against the same team. Eh, and it almost went the same way. And United were up one 0 and then Celtic turned it around pretty late on as well. So uh, I, I, they've, I, 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 they've, I, they've made I, I, a happy
1: that's funny, because you mentioned that. I hadn't I hadn't seen that game, the 85 final. I hadn't watched it, but I've seen it since then. I've watched the highlights, of it and it on YouTube and all that type of stuff. Uh, and I remember, like, I remember now looking back at it, saying they must have been raging about that, like, two, within a couple of years, a couple of Scottish Cup finals, but so they looked like they've won it, and then we came back and snatched it. And actually, in that game... Um, if you think about it, like United, once they were up, one on, done United had a couple of good chances to win the game. They, they had that kind of classic you where know, you go one up and then you miss a chance and if they, be fair, if they probably scored that second goal, it'd have been super likely would have, would have won the game in 90 minutes. may have took it extra time whatever, but certainly wouldn't have won it in 90 minutes. So, when I say Maka scored that goal, it just, it was, if I remember rightly, it was, it was kind of old, Celtic so will take the last 15, 10, 15 minutes and then they just you know, you've,
0: you've seen the goal a million times, I'm sure. When he turns it in, it's just like, you know, it's just written in the stars for us. It was uh, even even his celebration as he runs away, it's like, he can't believe, like, he probably feels when the ball comes then he's got to score. But when he runs away, you can you can see the disbelief in his face. Like, has this actually happened? Have we turned this around? of thing, eh?
1: Aye, and I'm looking now. Just I've just I've just googled their team to see who their team was, right? To try and think about who who was all on that team, right? And I'm looking now just and just to name some of the Dundee United players, right? So Thompson was in goals. Did Bowman, Higarty, Dave Derry, Malpass, McKinley, Jim McAnally, Eamon Bannon, Kevin Gallica, Mick and Ian Ferguson, and Paul Sturrock and John Clark were the subs. So that, that's as strong as any in United right, team. You can that's see why That's like, a proper team they were. They weren't, they're not they a ham and egg side. They were a proper team. So when mm-hmm. they went one up and missed their chances, you know, if, they, if they'd nicked a second goal, it, it might have been a different outcome. But the fact is they never, and then, all so, you know, McIntyre will, will live off his entire, he'll never need to buy a pint again in the Celtic pub for their goals, I'd imagine.
0: No, absolutely not. Aye, uh, I, I mean, it's like, uh, just sort of finish off then, I mean, it's it's a the perfect season. They, they couldn't have made it up really, uh, But overall, it's it's a sort of another it's another roller coaster of season. But fair to say, an unexpected and timely double for the hoops. Uh, and like we've said, it was written in the stars. Uh just a, a couple of wee stats on the season, just just to round up. Uh, Andy Walker was the top goal, goal scorer in that year, which you'd sort of touched upon. Mm. And again, you were right with the uh, Paul McStay shouty uh, the Pf- PFA Player of the Year. Um, but aye, uh, I, I mean, sorry,
1: I'm not surprised at that. I wasn't sure for like if he'd won Player of the Year, but it'd have been it'd have been an absolute injustice if he hadn't. You know
0: what I mean? Aye, aye, definitely. I mean, but. Uh, it was ultimately, the one a double as a squad in a monumental year in our long, great and unbroken history. Uh, we, we embarked on a barn spell for seven years after that, as we all know, uh, and we, we came out the other side better for it. But in the end, Celtic will always have the centen- cent- centenary season and the fans will always have the centenary season. Celtic will always give you special moments and memories and this was just another to add to the long list would you agree uh,
1: that's it mate and uh, and as I said just in terms of that the, the the overriding thing about the end of that season and you've probably seen the clip a million times when he starts welling up when he's saying it with TB but when he says they're there mm-hmm. and they're always there and God bless every one of them right uh, yeah. I, I'm not I'm thinking about that even saying the words out loud how much it, it meant to us all and how much it meant to him, and other guys in that other guys in that park who you know are utterly steeped in Celtic for mixed days, and the Peter Grant's the world, you know, being injured in games and come, you know playing through and for Celtic that that season for McNeil to come back the way he did, for him to make those signings that, that knew what it was about, and guys like Billy Stark who who came in and made a massive impact against a, you know against the the kind of evil empire and what was happening across the roadway throwing money at something, you know, for the first time, really. You know, it was like a... It wasn't even happening down south, really, then. There was no clubs yet. It wasn't... It's, you look at it now, you know, we play teams like City and, and so on, and uh, have been bought over with, with crazy money getting spent. That wasn't happening in British football, really. You just had clubs that had the, the kind of money they owned. So for them to be doing that and outspending such a level, it was an imbalance in the force, let's say. And that year, it definitely, uh, it definitely went against... You know, if you, uh, most bet most betting people at the start of the season were a better Rangers to win the league, um, and certainly for us to win a double on it, yes, it's a season I'll never forget.
0: Aye, aye, aye. Well, uh, I mean, that sort of brings us to the the end of the episode. Uh, it's been a long one tonight, but I've I've thoroughly enjoyed it. What
1: about yourself? You enjoyed it? Great, mate. I could talk about this season and any season for as long as you want. And actually, I'm sure that the guys will will edit down some of the some of the stories to a more listable level but see, I've really, I've really enjoyed um, all the episodes that you guys do as part of Standard Show and um, there's, there's so many opportunities for this type of stuff where people who, who have got a lot more detail and can bring more colour to some of these games than I can in some of these seasons but I look, I'm look, i really looking forward to more of these uh, rewind seasons and sitting with me and listening to them when I get a chance uh, as much as I can
0: I, I mean this is only a this is only our secondary wind. We we need to really get a few more on the go, but just with the the actual main podcast and commitments everybody's got, it's just not always possible.
1: But uh, it's I mean, time for is isn't it? That's the thing. It's an international week's a great opportunity to, to talk about Celtic, because 'cause let's be honest. Aye. It keeps it keeps it going. It's not, it's not football when it's not Celtic, so, frankly, so Aye, exactly.
0: Uh, but I again, thanks very much for coming on and giving us Given up your time for us, it's it's very much appreciated, Dave. Welcome,
1: yeah. uh, okay, mate, and I say I look forward to listening to the, the next few episodes as we, we kick on this season and hopefully uh, can get get behind Ange and decide and, see, and let's hope some of the new guys that come in can hit the ground running. About Landy Walker, the guy for Holland's a great example. You know, what I mean, if he he can get a goal or two early on, that could make a big difference to us uh, this year because we need some many more goals in that team of who we've lost. Eh?
0: Absolutely, I couldn't agree more with that. Uh, but I mean, just to round up, uh, uh, thanks again to everyone who listens and has subscribed to us. Uh, and on this podcast, uh, feel free to add some comments and memories of your own uh, this season. Uh, I'd love to, I'd love to hear some of the stories out with Dave's. Uh, so I go for that. Uh, we're always happy to hear other comments and interact with you guys Uh, but again until next time everyone take care and hail hail